Hi, thank you for joining me on Holy Spirit Feed. This is Jen Johnson. I can't wait to share what Holy Spirit has been revealing. I'm praying that your spiritual senses will be open to receiving what Holy Spirit has for you. Hello, welcome back. Hey, we are picking up with part two of Growing Pains. So if you missed part one, go back so you are up to date on this content. We're talking about our need as believers to grow as disciples of Christ for ourselves and for the benefit of others. So let's get going. You're getting things, you're receiving blessings in your life so that you can give. You may have heard you're blessed to bless again. Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much is required. In all you're getting, get understanding, understanding of the spirit realm. This is how it works. It's about growth. So as you're receiving things, recognize you're also giving things to others and you're growing at the same time. Think about the parable of the talents. If you steward little well, you'll get more. This is about really taking responsibility for our own growth so you can then help someone else to grow too. First Peter 4.10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's pretty clear to me. Whatever gift you've received, use it to serve others. You know, just your presence alone at your church service. I mean, I I probably talk about this a lot, but if you don't have a local church, you start praying, find one. Um, Just your presence alone at your church service with your church family, it matters. It's a launching pad for growth. It's a reverent place to be held as holy. God is moving there. Also, at your job, it matters. It gives you purpose. It lifts depression. You are doing things as unto the Lord, whether you are somewhere at home cleaning a toilet or you're working in an office building. Do all that you do as unto the Lord. That is spiritual maturity. That is growing and serving others. One way that you can tell whether or not you're growing in Christ and you're maturing in your relationship is Are you giving your money and your time? Growing in maturity, stewarding money, it's simple. Your money is not your money. It's all under God's ownership as a disciple of Christ. So just like our time or decisions in life, it's all His. It's not in a controlling way. It's it's just in an obedience because we love Him, because He loves us. We have to follow the Holy Spirit with our money. I say that in quotes, you know, being honest and forthright with him. He already knows anyway, come on. And being honest with ourselves, following the word, following his spirit. So there are basics with money and time and things like that. And then there's more. One of the basics is to give the proper amount to your local church. And I don't want to say tithe just because I believe it's actually more than 10%. That's a good start, but just a start. So yes, it's biblical to give to your local church family. Start with that. And should I have a local church family? Yes, 
I bring that up pretty regularly <laughs> because I believe that, especially with what's happened in the past couple years, the church is struggling. People are not, they're not engaging with services and engaging with people and other believers in person. So definitely biblical to have a local church that you connect with. And there are short seasons where you may not have one. Maybe God is showing you where you need to be, etc. But yeah, eventually get somewhere and get rooted. Give up whatever excuses you're holding on to and find a place. So there's that. There's giving to the local church. And then there's more. There's giving to the neighbor, the single mom, a family in need, a ministry. Those are the more. First Timothy 5.8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Zing. Wow. Okay. You know, and I'll say it is hard to sometimes to provide for your own household. I'll admit that. I mean, come on. I remember recently we had a season where we just had so many home problems. It was like toilet problems, gutter problems. We were trying to get some upgrades done. We were having a, that was dragging on. Um, The refrigerator died, like all these things. And if you have a home, like, you know what I'm talking about. Even if you have an apartment, sometimes things are your car or whatever. But also, you know, let God speak to you. If your local church, if you consider that your family, then take care of it. Take care of that church family. It's evidence that you are growing. In Hebrews 11, it says it's impossible to please God without faith. So in light of that verse, think about this. As believers, we want to do his will. We want to have faith and please him. But a problem occurs when we stand still and don't take action. Because if you're growing, you're going to take action on things. So instead of taking action, maybe sometimes we stand still in faith. There's a verse that says stand firm and then, you know, stand firm again. And that's great. But sometimes there are times where we're supposed to be moving forward in faith and not standing still. And I actually propose that there are different types of faith that need to be exercised at different times. You could be in faith, but stagnant faith, standing on a promise maybe, when you are supposed to be running forward on a promise. I hope that makes sense to you. Of course, there are times to be still and know that he is God, but there are also times to go where he says, go, make disciples, get on it, get after it, do something, move. We actually partner with God, so we're doing things. So let's talk about the choice to partner with God, to do things that's, you know, that's free will. We use it to partner with him. God has done all he's going to do. We read the verses. Jesus said, it is finished. Now, it's not that he's a silent partner by any means, but he's done his part. He's provided all the resources necessary. It's our turn to run with what he's done. That's growth. I'll say that again. Run with what he's done. You heard it here, folks. I think somebody should make a t-shirt out of that. (laughs) Maybe I will. And I always say, give God something to work with. And let's just go over an example You know, let's say you need a job and you're like, well, I don't know what job to take. Just start applying and take one. He can always course correct you unless you aren't moving at all. 
Let's talk about the law of inertia. The definition of that is an object at rest stays at rest, and an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and in the same direction, unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. Okay, there's a very important key word in the middle of that definition. It says, unless. You know, as you're living your life, you're moving forward, hopefully, you're growing in Christ, you're making effort, you're taking action, doing the right stuff that God would have you do to get closer to him, the enemy will try to get you off track. It's just a matter of time. But if you are moving, you're growing, you're committed to growth, it won't work. You'll be able to press right on through. If you're moving forward, it's easier to keep you moving forward. But if you aren't doing anything, then it's harder to get started. So get started. You can do it and then stay moving. Philippians 3.13, it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. This verse is a part of growing. Some of you may remember they used to have these old um, go-karts and you actually had to push it before you could start it. It had to be moving and then you could start it. You'll never do anything if all you do is stay in one place and do the same thing. I think they call that the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and then expecting different results. You won't get different results. It'll be the same. So make a change. Start the car of your spiritual life and put it in drive. Give God something to work with. Cast a wide net, meaning try a bunch of stuff until you hit on the one that works, but do something. Success comes on the tail of many failures. If you've ever succeeded, then guaranteed you failed a few times. So I call those fails on the way to success a success fail. You know, they may not have been successful, but they are a success fail because you tried something and someday you will succeed if you don't quit growing. If you want to grow in the Lord, you have to be willing to fail and try again. You know, a lot of times the growth that needs to happen in all of us often lies in our minds. Romans 8, 6 through 8, it says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay, I don't know about you, but this verse is alarming to me. To stop and think a mind that is hostile to God. That's alarming. It's why we're here to help people get their minds straight and turned around so they're not hostile towards God and instead they're welcoming. When we receive Jesus as our Savior, we get his mind. At our church on April 1st, we actually celebrated April Genius Day. Come on, maybe some of you have heard of it. <laughs> and the reason why we celebrated April Genius Day on April 1st is because we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Until you get saved and receive God, like all of him, you, you've really made that commitment and you have stepped into relationship with him. 
Until then, your mind can't even receive. It says in this verse, it's hostile. So if you don't have the mind of Christ, then you can't begin to grow. 1 Corinthians 2.14, and before I slip forward, I just want to confirm and verify that everyone knows anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're in a position where you're like, I'm not quite sure, now's your chance. Ask the Lord into your life. Yield to him. Welcome Holy Spirit in. 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. But you know what? Once you have His mind, your mind begins to grow. You use your will to choose to access His mind and grow. It all happens in your thoughts first and then Thoughts lead to actions. So how do we grow our thoughts? The Bible is a great place to start, like we talked about, hiding his word in your heart. And in talking about your thoughts, I came across this quote recently by Havilah Cunnington. It says, your current thoughts are perfectly designed to deliver your current outcome. I'll read that one more time. Your current thoughts are perfectly designed to deliver your current outcome. So your current thoughts, if you keep them the same, will get you in the same exact place next year. You might be like, well, hey, my life's pretty good. Hey, that's good, but you know what? There's always more. There's better. There's growth in Christ. There's an upgrade in the spirit that God has for you. If you don't grow in your thought life, mature in your thinking, take in and adopt more scripture, Adopt more of the mind of Christ, like as in his actual thoughts. Then you'll be in the same spot. On the other hand, if you soak it in, if you devour his word, if you activate by asking Holy Spirit what he thinks, not just how he thinks about things like, oh, I know God is kind and I know he's loving towards people, but we also want to know what he thinks about specific things in our lives. And sometimes he'll give us words of knowledge about specific things in other people's lives as a way to minister to them and encourage them. James 8 verse 1, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Same verse, but another version. A double-minded man is restless in all his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or decides. You can't have it both ways. You either have the mind of Christ or you're hostile to God. You choose. So you might be thinking, well, how do I handle my thoughts? Begin to practice evaluating your thoughts. You know, it takes practice, which will result in growth. And even being willing to do so is evidence of growth. So evaluate your thoughts, comparing them to kingdom. Do they align with the word or is it a lie from the enemy? This is important because thoughts produce feelings, and we often do things based off of feelings. We don't ever want to let our feelings drive. They're important, but don't let them drive your car. Change your thoughts to be under the authority of Jesus, and then feelings will change, which in turn changes your actions, which equals growth. It's how it works. It takes effort. Don't just let every thought that comes in stay. Shoot down the wrong ones and keep the right ones. You're taking every thought captive, making it obedient 
to Jesus. So I want you to imagine a video game. Do we have any gamers listening? Maybe we do, or maybe some of your kids play video games. But imagine a video game where you shoot the bad thoughts with a laser gun or something like that. And then often in games, you come upon like a reward of some sort, and then you jump on it, or you run into it, and it makes you super strong, or it adds to your points, or gives you some special ability. You know, it's the same run into, jump into those God thoughts that align with Jesus, and then shoot down the other ones. You'll experience growth. You'll go to the next level in your relationship with God, a higher level in life. The more you grow in this thought thing, the easier it is to have kingdom thoughts. You create new neural pathways in your mind. Um, We talked about neural pathways, I think, in part one of this Growing Pains episode. But you create new neural pathways in your mind for those good thoughts to travel. You may have heard of the saying, a well-beaten path. Okay, or sometimes you think about a game trail where animals have beaten down the weeds and it's just the easiest way to go to get through the forest because the path is clear for you to walk without hindrance. The more you grow, the easier it becomes to grow. So at first you might be like, this is so hard, I'm not growing, I don't feel like I'm doing anything, I'm not getting anywhere. Keep trying because you will create neural pathways in your mind for those good God thoughts to travel. And then you'll create a habit of having the good God thoughts. And that is when you'll begin to move forward. Ephesians 4 verse 16. And we read this in the last episode, but you know what? We're going to read it again. We're going to read it in New Living Translation this time. And why are we reading it again? Because we already read it in the last episode. We are creating neural pathways. Remember, repetition. So we're making a well-beaten path of truth. Okay, Ephesians 4.16, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love me some New Living Translation. Okay, so again, every joint supplies. We need each other to grow. Get to church. Get to a Bible study with some believers. Read some scripture with some other people. Do something. The enemy will place every temptation known to man in front of you to stop you from getting to church, from getting to your people, other believers who can strengthen you, sharpen you. And you will do the same for others. You will sharpen them. We need you. You need us. It's God's design. And the devil knows it. He will make sure that you hear about every other event, concert, movie, shopping, friends going out to dinner, parties. (laughs) You don't need any help. He'll make sure that you have options on Sunday morning or whenever you go to church. Do whatever you have to to fight against the enemy's plans for you during service times and get to church. You help the other parts of the body grow. It matters. I know, I get it. Like, sometimes it doesn't seem like there's a lot of good church options, maybe. But uh, you have to seek the Lord on that. Don't just be okay with not having a local church family. Ask Him where you belong. So let's just activate that right now. Let's put our feet on the ground in this area. Because I just, I feel like there's a number of people listening who may not have a church home or are struggling, 
even with the ones that they have. Maybe you're in and you're like, this is great, but let's just do this activation. Let's just ask the Lord if he wants to speak. So what we're going to do here is a two-part activation. Okay, so plug in to whichever part fits and listen to what the Lord is saying to you. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you to close your eyes if that's helpful. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. But prepare yourself to hear from the Lord. We're going to ask a question. Plug in wherever you fit. So if you don't have a church family, we're going to ask Holy Spirit this. Holy Spirit, what is a step that I can take to find my church family? If the Lord's speaking to you, go ahead and receive. We're going to continue on um, with the next group of people. If you have a church family, we're going to ask Holy Spirit this question. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me about my church family? Okay, if you need more time with that, you can pause this or finish it. Go back to it tonight with the Lord and ask him to maybe reiterate what he was saying or do it fresh again. But just for that first group, you know, the Holy Spirit may have just dropped someone that you know in your mind. Maybe like, why did I just think of that person that I haven't seen in five years? Maybe reach out to them. Tell them you're looking. Or maybe God showed you an image of a local church or a logo or gave you a street name. I don't know. God is super creative. And if you're listening, he wants to take you on an adventure. But don't give up. He's got some people for you somewhere. And you need them and they need you. And then for those that do have a local church family and we just ask the general question of what does he want to say about it? The Holy Spirit may have said, hey, you know what? Forgive your church leader. It's not easy to be a church leader, I'll say that much, and we screw up sometimes, and we sometimes don't even realize it. Or he might have said to you, hey, you know what, quit skipping. (laughs) This might have been very practical. It's not condemning you, it's just Holy Spirit bringing conviction, saying, hey, get there. What are you doing? You know, he may have given you a picture of one of the kids that, that go to your church, and maybe that kid needs a mentor, and you're it. Who knows? But the Lord knows, right? Only you know, Lord. But continue to press in on how God wants you to plug into your local church body or or make a change in where you are plugged in so you can grow and, and so others can as well. You know, when I was little, my legs would hurt at night and my mom would always say, it's growing pains. You know, sometimes we grow too fast and we get stretch marks and that's proof that growth happened. As believers, we need to grow and even experience the growing pains that go along with it. It's not comfortable to grow sometimes. But if we want a meaningful, productive, alive, thriving in Christ life, we have to do it. If we're going after that abundant life that he promises, growing pains hurt. It's not easy to grow. It hurts, but it's worth it. You know, when I was born, I was obviously six pounds, whatever, 20 some inches long. I'd look pretty ridiculous preaching a message from a baby-sized body, right? (laughs) I mean, you can't see me in this, but you know what I'm saying. 
We also hear no pain, no gain. It's well worth it to push yourself, challenge yourself, see how far you can go in the Lord. Stay connected to the source of life, Jesus, and grow. Thank you.